Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the late-breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the late-breaking F1 podcast. Today, reviewing the Austrian Grand Prix my name's Ben Hocking, of course, co-host Sam Sage and Harry Eid as well. That was something, wasn't it? Bit of an improvement on last week. Um, Moy Caliente, I guess is what you will refer to this as, Sam. I mean, I love a Moy Caliente and the midfield provided that you know that extra bit of spice that you're kind of looking for in maybe your Chinese or your Indian takeaway, something that isn't too mild. When you go into Nando's, you don't always desire the lemon and herb. Sometimes you like to move up the chilli scale and the midfield provided that extra bit of spice. Much to, to Crofty and Paul Dariska's resentment, hate, loathing for um, <laughs> any kind of issue towards Lando Norris, they um they were they were on one today, folks. If you weren't listening, God, they were painful to listen to. But yes, it was better. It wasn't the best, but it was definitely better. An improvement, which is good. Hopefully, we continue this upwards trends of good races all the way into Silverstone once again. Yeah, I mean, uh, there were a few characters in the field today that really helped spice things up a bit. Um, Sergio Perez just got an agenda against Charles Leclerc. Apparently, <laughs> just running off just the road. Just hates there. the guy. Just hates, hates him. Like, nope. Uh, Alonso, George Russell, that was spicy. Leclerc trying to not break for turn four, spicy again. So, uh, and, and Norris, I guess, as well. So, thank you to those guys. Oh, and Kimmy at the end for some reason. Just oh, like, yeah. done. I've had enough of this race. There's only half a lap to go, but I've had enough. See you later, Seb. I'm off. It's like 71 and a half laps. <laughs> That's his limit. He's not doing any more than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That one, uh, that one definitely scored highly on the Scoville scale. That was, uh, that really was something. So we have got plenty to discuss. Of course, no controversy whatsoever in the race. So obviously that gives us plenty to talk about. Norris 
Is he world championship material? He's had such a good start to the season. We'll be discussing that, of course, getting onto the podium today. Max Verstappen taking the win, another dominant one. We'll get onto that in a little bit. Valtteri Bottas, the only Mercedes on the podium with Lewis Hamilton in P4. But we're going to start with the we're going to start with the penalties that were applied, um, and we're not going to cover every single one because we would like to do a preview podcast for Silverstone. We wouldn't make it if we were to look at every single penalty that was given out today. Um, Lance Stroll sped in the pit lane. Antonio Giovinazzi overtook under a safety car. Yuki Tsunoda doesn't know how white lines work. Sergio Perez hates Charles Leclerc, as we've already referenced. We're actually going to talk specifically about those two Charles, uh, sorry, those two Sergio Perez penalties, where he got five seconds each for those, and the Lando Norris one that happened very early in the race, because they all have a fairly similar premise here, in that you know they they forced another they were judged to force another car off the track, and that was enough to be deemed a penalty. We actually asked this one on our Twitter at L Breaking. Uh, were they right to give out the penalties in these situations? 73% of you said that they were wrong to give out a penalty here. Sam, do you agree with the masses? Uh, the Michael masses. Um, hey, no. It's a good Hang start. On, where's the drunch? Ben, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Um, <laughs> go on. Is that the Michael masses? We're just getting a going live message on the thing. Okay, go go again. I'm ready now. Sorry, folks. Technical issues. Uh, Was that the Michael Masses? I'll never do it. Thank you you to the band who have decided that they're actually going to turn up for work today. Um, Timing is everything. I mean, the point I was going to make is I've completely forgotten it. Right. Do I agree with the masses on this penalty front? The first thing I do want to commend these stewards on is the consistency. The amount of times that we have been to a Grand Prix, that we've seen Inkskin that's almost identical, especially at the same corner, and... The ruling has been different, usually because of the outcome of the incident rather than how the incident happened. So I am going to kind of, you know, commend the stewards for being consistent in their ruling. And the amount of people that were kind of like, Norris, you deserve a penalty, Perez is hard done by. And then Perez goes and does it twice and they're like, oh, we're going to be quiet now because he's done exactly the same thing, if not worse, because Charles Leclerc. There was no contact between Norris and Perez. Um, do, do I agree with the penalty? Now... The first way I looked at this is if you do the same action on a track that has runoff areas. You know, you, you push a car technically out out of the bounds of the track. Is a penalty applied to other circuits? We've seen the likes of it happening at um, the US Grand Prix in Cota. That's got big, big runoff areas, and we haven't had penalties applied there. Is that the same thing? Is that the same penalty being applied? I don't like that consistency. I feel like just because gravel is in the vicinity... We're suddenly applying penalties. I don't agree with the penalties. I feel like um, we like a bit of rough and ready racing. We like a bit of wheel-to-wheel action. And we like drivers to race hard against each other. I want to see them scrapping it out for every inch of that racetrack. And sometimes you've got to concede as a driver. You've got to realise that you know it's not going to work for you. And I was very much in the mindset of last season, when we had a very similar incident, Hamilton and Albon, that actually... There shouldn't have been a penalty there either. I feel like just because there was technically contact that didn't help Albon in the long run doesn't mean that there should be a penalty. It's not about the aftermath of what happens in the action. It's about the intention of the action and how it's carried out, in my opinion. And there was no malice with the Norris Perez incident. There was no contact. Um, Perez should have learned to back out. He was running out of road. Norris led into the corner. Uh, and you're allowed to go wheel-to-wheel in my point of view. So I think, well done, at L breaking 
followers and fans. You have used your judgment wisely, and I believe you are correct. More smart than the three of us put together, that's for sure. No penalties for me, please. <laughs> I mean, more smart than the three of us combined is not in any way a compliment, but Sam yeah, is sorry. going with the ma- the masses, sorry, the Michael masses on this one, <laughs> the 73%. Harry, are you with the masses? I'm, I've been so torn on this one because, uh, yeah, uh, as Sam Athlete said... Bruges. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Um, <laughs> nice reference um, as Sam said so glad they've been consistent because as soon as the Perez Leclerc one happened I was like well they've got to they've got to give a pen and given their due they were like yep yeah, pen straight away so I'm I'm glad they they were at least consistent in their decisions but yeah where, where I think there needs to be more clarification where do you draw the line because I think with Albon Hamilton at that corner I think there's a fair argument, and I see what Sam was saying. But I think it's a fair argument to say that Albon had the he had the the line at that point. He was ahead. Whereas you go to Perez and Norris, they're side by side. So at that point, it, as Sam said, Perez should give up the corner because if he's not Norris, isn't gonna just let him go. Um, so yeah, that one I'm still torn on the Perez Leclerc one. I mean, Perez was just obvious in the what he was trying to do there and run him off the track. Um, and then again, later on. So uh, I don't see any issues with that penalties. But yeah, I think the Perez-Norris one is such a tricky one to, to call um, because we don't want them to 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 stop racing, do we? Otherwise, it'll be really dull. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very torn and I, I don't know which side to fall down on. I'm very bad at making decisions, as people might have guessed by now. But um, I'll go. I'll go with the Michael Masses on this one. But at least they're consistent. I mean, they might be wrong, but at least they're consistently wrong. I don't. I don't know anymore. Who, who knows? It's a tough job being a steward. I'll, I'll give them that. So um, the answer is: Were the Masses correct? Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Such a Harry answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair. I mean, you, you did come to a conclusion there, so fair enough. Um, I mean, rare that I, you can come to a conclusion, so be thankful. Exactly, yeah, very thankful indeed. I am going to, first of all, say the same thing that both of you have said, in that, thank goodness there was some consistency about this, because um, I don't really mind too much whether you think that they were all penalties, or if you think none of them were penalties. I can understand both viewpoints. I can't understand the viewpoint of that one was a penalty, don't do that one a penalty. That one could be a 10 second. That could be a five second. It was consistent across the board, which is what we complain about all the time. So thank goodness that they decided that, you know, once you've set a precedent with the first one, you follow through with similar incidents for the second and third. Thank goodness on that front. Um, am I with the masses here, the 73%? I am not with the masses. I'm with the m- minority Ooh, on this one. Sorry, Mike. guys. Sorry. Yeah, it doesn't quite work as well. Maybe I'm on the wrong side of the fence here. Um, yeah, I I believe that they were just penalties because I, my view is that if you are side by side into a corner, you have a responsibility to leave a car's a car's space. Like that's that's my view on the situation. And if your view is different, fair enough. But that's just how I see it. And you know, I. I understand that, you know, if you're penalising, you want to let the drivers race. I get that. But you want the drivers to race within the confines of the track. You know, it doesn't cover what's not the track, which, as far as I'm aware, is gravel. Um, And if you're forcing people out there, 
Um, it, I don't think it acts as a deterrent. I think it just acts as a when you're when you're battling side by side, you know, leave leave the space there. And I don't think it would actually deter them because if you go into a war penalties like they did today, then suddenly people are going to pull out knowing that actually no, and there's going to be less side by side action. That's my that's how I think it's going to work out. If you're side by side going into a corner and you want to remain side by side, which is for me, you know the most thrilling part of formula one when you've got cars that are there side by side if you're threatening with penalties you know i i I think it just encourages them encourages them to leave that space that that's how i see it i I don't know where where you draw that line like like you kind of said harry um at what point if you don't penalize that what do you penalize um i I, I get there are going to be plenty of people that are like let them race. Clearly, the you know the the majority think that, and I'm not saying don't let them race. I'm just saying let them race within within what the track is because should should a driver not be punished for forcing someone off the track? I a, 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 a counterpoint to this, and not saying whether you're right or wrong, but if there wasn't gravel and grass there, I'm thinking of the. The one of the classic Haas lunges, I think it was in France, where Mazepin came from about four years back, and he, and he kind of runs Mick off the road, but he's not on the gravel. He does lose out because he has to go around the bollard thing, but I don't remember there being any penalties for that. So is that an, is that an issue? Do they have to do it even if there's not? Because they don't that's, lose as much time the if they go off the track. Well, I mean, use, you can use an example from the same circuit, Leclerc and Verstappen a few years oh, back. Oh, yeah. Oh, very true. Oh, yeah. Obviously, that that happened at a corner where there isn't gravel. Um, Go further back to Nico Rosberg, Lewis Hamilton. The same thing happens again. Obviously, there was damage involved on the cars, but both cars were not giving any kind of penalty, and there was contact while one car went off the road. It's you need to be consistent on every corner that if a car gets run off the road, you have to apply a penalty, or you never apply a penalty, regardless of what happens with the surface that is on the outside of the track. Fernando Alonso once said all of the time, "You have to leave it the space." Do we ignore <laughs> such a great I'm, man? I'm, I'm with Alonso on this one, and I can't believe Harry, you've gone against the great man. You, you've yeah, betrayed him. You've betrayed point. him. Um, I, I think it could do with the stewards just being very clear here. If you are side by side into a corner, and I don't really necessarily mind which way it goes too much as long as they're clear about it, they either say if you are side by side into a corner, the person on the inside of the corner has can do whatever they want, or you say that if you are side by side into a corner, you have to leave a car's car space. Otherwise, it's a penalty. Uh, I would go with the latter. Many people would go with the former. Don't think it matters too much as long as the stewards just say, this is what it is. You know what, Benjamin? In your words of, of wisdom, and Fernando Alonso mainly, I think you've convinced me that I am no longer with the Michael Masseys, but I am with the Michael Minorities. <laughs> Every, everyone I, converts to the Michael minorities eventually you see I, I'm all about wheel to wheel racing without punishment and you know you, you have to defend as fairly as you attack um, uh, yeah I think you've swayed me there so late breaking fans and followers of Twitter you are now Michael Morons and you should rethink your statement good well okay. this is a great um, you've caused three quarters <laughs> of, uh, of our fans morons um, this is great I'm here for it Enjoy it, folks. <laughs> not this is this is really groundbreaking stuff for late breaking. Not only have you offended seventy five percent of people, you were literally part of the seventy five percent of people <laughs> two minutes ago. Well, if people are siding with me or I'm on the side of those people, then maybe you should reconsider anyway because it's not good for you. 
Ah, oh, Sam, you are a Michael Moron. The biggest, the head of the Michael Moron team. I, I, I just find it hilarious. Uh, we've already referenced this. I find it hilarious how it was Sergio Perez on the receiving end of it. And he just did the yeah, same thing yeah. twice. <laughs> I just want to hear Alonso playing over the top go, Conover. <laughs> I mean, it's not even it's not even like Norris was coming back at Perez. It was a completely different driver. And Perez was like, well, it's, this is your time, Charles. You're, you're yeah. going on you're the gravel. You're it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the crux of this is where. At what point does the person on the inside of a corner lose the entitlement of being inside of the corner? Gives you all the rights to do what you want because if you're side by side and you say that the person, the driver on the inside, still can do, you know, can run the run another driver off the road, then all three of those incidents are fair. If you think that the driver has to be behind like a fully you know a car whips behind or nose behind it doesn't again it, i don't think it necessarily matters what the rule is as long as it's just very clear and it kind of leaves all this ambiguity to one side good debate that anyway. love to hear what you think further on our thoughts so yeah please know. do let us know at our breaking on twitter we'd love to hear your thoughts on on how they should police these going ahead and i think you know there is clearly for i know it was a majority 73 percent, but there's a, there's a 27 percent who think that the stewards got this right here so there's clearly an argument on both sides to be had we'd love to hear uh we'd love to hear viewpoints on both sides of that should we move on to driver of the day quite a few contenders i'd say on this one harry who have you got yeah, loads of contenders. Um, I'm gonna go for. Look, I'm gonna, it's an obvious one, but I'm gonna go for Max Verstappen because, yeah, he was just. Who was gonna Who was gonna stop him today? I don't think anyone was gonna stop him. Even Hamilton without a damaged car, I'm not sure could have stopped him. I think Perez might have, without these that incident, could have been P2 potentially, but still, I think he was nowhere near. So I'm um, gonna go for Verstappen, but you know, Norris, another contender. Um, who else was going to nominate George Russell obviously didn't get that point still sorry George um, but he was another good contender despite the bad start I mean without that bad start maybe he could have got a point who knows but um, you know I'll go for the obvious one I'll go for Verstappen yeah I think the only thing that could have stopped Max Verstappen today was visibility due to the orange flares oh, yeah. I don't think anything else was going to stop him um, <laughs> So you've gone for Max Verstappen. We know that Lando Norris was the choice of the people. Sam, are you going for one of those two drivers? Um, I mean, fortunately for Max Verstappen, uh, his greatest foe and preventer of race-winging Esteban Ocon was out on the fourth corner. So uh, <laughs> Max knew he could get around flawlessly. Um, I, I, it's going to be really boring. I'm going to have to. Just, I know we try and divvy it up, but I'm going to have to agree. I'm going to have to give it to Max Verstappen. The guy was on absolute rails. That Red Bull looks exquisite. And to be that, I know, I know Perez obviously had some issues, but to just be that far apart, even with the issues, just shows I think a real level of where Max is at the moment. He really has matured. He really has got his head on straight. He knows what he's doing with that car, and he's delivering brilliantly. Um, yes, I think that Red Bull is by far the favourite car now. Yes, I think Max Verstappen is the man to take it forward. And it's just coming together. It's a great partnership. So I think Max thoroughly deserves all the praise. Don't fully agree with the Lando Norris driver of the day comments. So, um, yeah, no, I think it should be Max. Uh, I think there were 
four standout performances today um, that went above the rest of the field. George Russell was one of them, you know, P11 out of 19. All he needs is to do that sort of a race when there are a few DNFs in front of him. He just seems to be very, I mean, he seems to be very unlucky generally. Um, You know, he was overtaken for P10 with just a few laps to go. But it seems as if with that P12 in France where there were no retirements, P11 here where there was just the one retirement from Ocon, he needs to deliver that performance where there's four or five and he'll end up finishing P8 or something and he'll finally get the points for Williams that he he thoroughly deserves. So he was, even though he didn't end up in the points, exceptional again. Um, one that not really anyone's talking about, Pierre Gasly was exceptional out there today. If, if you notice the performances of everyone else on that same strategy who started on the softs, everyone else was nowhere. You know, Yuki Tsunoda, in fairness, doesn't quite know how lines work, but he was well outside <laughs> the top 10. Both Aston Martins, Stroll and Vettel, they weren't close. You know, they, they were, I think, well over 20 seconds back from Gasly at the end, maybe 25, 30 seconds. Um, so everyone else on his strategy struggled, whereas he did he did very well. And he was right on the back of Charles Leclerc. And I'm, I'm not sure if he would have got Charles Leclerc. I think the yellow flags in Sector 2 with with Vettel and Raikkonen's incident might have prevented him from from nabbing that at the end. So I think he was exceptional. The other two, Max Verstappen was fantastic. I've got no chagrins of you, you choosing him. I'm actually going to go with Lando Norris here. I'm going to go with the people. Um, he was 55 seconds back last week. And this time around, he was within like a second of beating a Mercedes in Valtteri Bottas. Uh, people were praising how good Daniel Ricciardo's race was, and I think he did absolutely fine. Lando Norris was was a pit stop clear of him and more. Like La- Lando Norris, I think we've become maybe slightly numb to how brilliant he's been this season, just to see how excellent he was again out there. Held Lewis Hamilton back for a number of laps. You know, the five-second penalty I do think was just. If he doesn't get that, he probably finishes P2. It, just exceptional pace throughout, but... Those were my four top performers. I'll I'll go with the masses on this one, considering I didn't go with the masses on the previous question. Uh, I'll say Lando Norris. I was I was going to chuck Kimmy into the mix as well, but until he got bored on that last Don't lap. Don't be silly, he, crash your Kimmy. He, he was having a he was having a pretty damn good race. I wouldn't have put him driver of the day, but he was in the mix for having a a solid day out there. But uh, yeah, as he said, he just got bored. Do you reckon he... Because um, I know they're good friends, Vettel and Raikkonen. Do you think he realised he didn't have any chance at points and he just had flashbacks to all the Ferrari races where he finished <laughs> behind him? It, it was, was like, like a subconscious reaction. He just couldn't help it. Seth's coming think, past me again. But... I think Kimmy's just gone, It's your birthday, Seb! Give me a cuddle! And realised they're driving 200 miles an hour. Yeah, Vettel didn't have a great birthday weekend, did he? Got a penalty for <laughs> qualifying and well. got thumped out by Kimmy. Goodness it's not me. gone well. No, no, not at all. Not a good weekend, really, for Aston Martin generally. But worst driver of the day, who have you got for this one, Harry? Um, I, uh, uh, it was he was poor out there. I don't really know. There were there were some good drives throughout, to be honest. Um, I'll give it to. <laughs> oh my god I don't know he was terrible I'll, 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 I'll give it to Perez he I know he recovered to fifth but you know he did try to kill Charles Leclerc twice so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's just, fair enough <laughs> it's just randomly reminded me do you remember when Perez tried to kill Sergei Sorokin yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's what yeah. it reminded me it was like the red mist descended as my dad said he's, he's as mad as a Mexican dog I don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> are Mexican dogs notoriously mad compared know. to other dogs? I yeah. don't know. Cheers to my dad for that one. Um, yeah, uh, the Red Mist descended, didn't it, at that point? I'm not sure why he had it in for Leclerc, but um, yeah, he you know, arguably should have backed out of that move on Norris, but we've already talked about that. But yeah, I'll give it to Perez because, you know, I think the Red Bull still, they didn't lose necessarily points, but they could have gained more points on Mercedes today. Sam, worst driver of the day? Uh, I would have made all the same noises that Harry just made uh, had he not done it for me. Because until he said Sergio... (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Until you said Sergio Perez, I was really rattling my brain. Apart from the silly Kimi right at the end, um, I don't think anyone had an absolute stinker. I think both the Aston Martins didn't execute their scratchy well at all. They weren't great. But I don't think they stood out as worst drivers of the day. I think that helped the likes of Ricardo. actually. I think he was flattered by a few poor strategy calls. Um, yeah, I'm going to say Perez. You know, like the Red Mist did descend. His wheel-to-wheel racing was not good. And we've, we have seen that a couple of times in the past with Perez. You know, he's had a few instincts. Ocon, Sorokin, now this. You know, there's, there's a few things creeping in there. And when your teammate is beating everyone else and lapping the, pretty much the whole field and you're running off over 20 seconds-ish, your car should be good enough to cut through and at least get yourself on the podium without really any trouble. And he's just not delivering that. I think Perez has done a relatively good job this season. This was a real slump. That's two races in a row for Perez that has just not gone his way. And hopefully he steps it back up for Silverstone. But for me, this weekend was just not good enough. I just realised that maybe Sonoda's up for a... Worst driver of the day because he doesn't know how li- doesn't know how lines work at a track we lines were literally at last week. Like lines it's not are even hard, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, you mentioned Sonoda, and I was fairly convinced I was going to give this to Sonoda because you know he had two pit stops, and he was over two in terms of driving <laughs> into the pits. So you know that. That put him into considering as well. Gasly managed to get himself back into the points on a two-stop, but Sonoda was nowhere near. So I was fairly convinced. Yeah, I'm going to give this to Yuki Sonoda. And then I realised Lance Stroll didn't beat him. Oh, wow. So it's got to be Lance Stroll. Um, I, I don't know how he didn't beat him based on what Sonoda did. Um, but Stroll, even compared to Vettel, you know, Vettel was in contention for for P11, P, sorry, P12 right at the end of the race. So he did he did catch up quite well at the end. Stroll didn't, though. Stroll was just nowhere near even Vettel, and that strategy did not work for him whatsoever. Uh, I mean, he ended up P13, but only by virtue of Vettel and Raikkonen having that incident. Otherwise, it would have been P15. And if you were to look at the drivers in which he would have beaten, not including those two, it would be Ocon, who went out on turn four, two Haas guys, Latifi and Giovinazzi and that's it so I'm going to give it to Stroll I reckon Sonoda's unlocked a little secret that if you just cut that white line you actually gain five seconds of pit stop and that's why he beat Stroll I'd, I'd be surprised if it was five seconds I have to say this is why I'm not a strategist in Formula 1 <laughs> We were saying um, for those of you who don't know we used to do uh, an online racing league um <laughs> For the Formula One games, we did we did this for a few years, and I just remember with Austria we had to specifically tell the drivers, you know, when you're coming into the pits, make sure you go to the right of the white line, and by and large they mostly followed that. So if they're able to do it, come on, Yuki, come on, come on, man. Uh, I I think we've probably given him enough grief for for one day on that one now, unless he wins moment of the race, which comes <laughs> up now. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> what have you got for this one, Harry? No, I'm not going to give that to Yuki. Um, I'm going to give it to the Fernando Alonso George Russell P10 battle because that was excellent. And it, George, I mean, he lost out only by a couple of laps, didn't he, from P10? And his defending was was so good. I mean, Alonso was throwing every trick in his little book of overtaking tricks that he knows. I think the one around the outside of turn six is it? I was like, come on, that's that's mental. Um, yeah, I mean, in the end, it, George succumbed, but that was a tasty little battle. Uh, so, yeah, the old the old maestro, as it were, and the, and the young pretender was was a great little battle to see, even if it was only for a point. Yeah, it might be one of those where we look back on it in in years to come as the um, yeah the two time champ. Although you know Alonso will win a few more before he's done, um, and the uh, the future champ Russell. Sam, moment of the race. I mean, Alonso's earned his siesta, isn't he? My God, that man still got it. We love that will to will fighting with Fernando and George Russell put an absolute stunker of a uh, a defence. Well done to George as well. Uh, I'm just a bit of variation because I would have given it to that, and Harry stole my lines. Whose line is it anyway? Um, Harry, get mine. Um, I'm going to go with the the Perez Leclerc battle because that was just spicy and good fun, and then. The, the radio message that Leclerc sent out, um, I shan't repeat it, but it was along the lines of, this man is a menace to society and should be stopped <laughs> immediately. Uh, Leclerc feared for his life this race, I feel. But uh, no, that was great to watch. I know from a neutral, it was fantastic. Really, really fun, exciting. Penalties flying left, right and centre. Mass is there, like, you know, Leonardo off the boat, like five second, five second, five second, five second. Um, honestly, great fun. Loved it. Good banter. Do it again. I don't think anyone actually told Charles Leclerc that you don't have to overtake every single lap going into turn three. I feel like <laughs> oh, the car ahead's like 20 seconds away. I could probably make this work, right? Like, I'll give it a go. Just slip it down the inside. <laughs> I also would have gone for the Russell Alonso scrap, but for the sake of variety, I'm, I'm just going to say Charles Leclerc. I'm not even going to give a moment, just Charles Leclerc. <laughs> Any point I, in the race. Could you be, could have just yeah. had the onboard of his race watching that all the way through <laughs> and you probably would have got your fix for entertainment for the afternoon. I don't know what it was, but he was just an absolute magnet for for entertainment. And I, to be fair, a lot of it he caused himself by trying some audacious moves, shall we say. <laughs> One of them on Daniel Ricciardo was not going to happen in a month of Sundays, but he gave it a good go. And <laughs> he... You know, the race would have been poorer for Charles Leclerc not being there. That's what I'll close with on that. Very true. And with that, let's uh, move slightly towards the front because uh, there wasn't a lot of entertainment when it came to Max Verstappen taking the victory. It was pretty much sealed from, from lap one, to be honest. It was an absolutely dominant win, 17.9 seconds, although that probably would have been well over 30 if he hadn't decided to go into the pits with 10 laps to go. Got the fastest lap as well. It means that with Lewis Hamilton not finishing on the podium, there is a 32-point gap between first and second. Max Verstappen 1.82, Lewis Hamilton 1.50. So with a 32-point advantage, Sam, what did you make of Verstappen's race, first of all? Uh, and secondly... Is there any way that Mercedes get back into this without a few DNFs occurring? This is the equivalent of the Hamilton dominance that we've seen previously. This was incredible from Max Verstappen. The guy was unfazed from the moment the lights went green. Max Verstappen was just one goal in mind, 
See you later. Forget about everyone behind me. I'm winning this race. And the most frustrating part about this Verstappen dominance is not that we have a new world champion, and that's great. Not that we're having a different team up front. I think that's great. Is on drive to survive. Christian Horner is going to be insufferable for the entire <laughs> season. The man is going to be smirking nonstop. Um, which, hey-ho, I guess he deserves it because he's put together a fantastic team and Max is just doing everything he needs to do. Um, I, I said last time out in the last review podcast that we did that I think this championship is done and dusted. I don't think Red Bull dropped the lead. I don't think Verstappen drops the lead. And I think this performance is basically the signature on the bottom of the year-long contract that says, I'm going to be champion. Thank you very much. See you later. I don't think Hamilton can get back into this unless they find an, uh, you know, an illegal regularity with that Red Bull. Or you know there are multiple, multiple crashes and Hamilton manages to pull through. And if Perez continues to get stronger as well, it's only going to get harder. It's not going to be simple for Lewis. Lewis is driving as well as he always has, I think. Um, but you can't necessarily beat a car that is simply that much better than your car. And I think Red Bull have really extended their advantage here. Something that um, was spoken about in the build-up to this race was Toto has openly said... We are not developing this car anymore. We are looking at the um, the next car for next year, hoping to carry on that dominance. So they're looking, I guess, to drop one championship to maybe get the next four or five, like they have done with the hybrid era. Um, yeah, no, I think Max and Rebel have got this one sewn up. And I think for Lewis or anyone else, this is going to be very, very difficult for um, for them to get back in front. You've just made me realise or, or remember, I guess, how insufferable Horner is going to be. Drive yep. to survive. That is going to be hell. Yep. Although I, I reckon they'll frame that that race we've just had with like Verstappen lapping Nicholas Latifi or something with like that being the rivalry of the season. I, I, I can see it happening. You know, like that, that's <laughs> when I take it personally. Wings seventeenth place and he's challenging Max Verstappen. <laughs> I can't wait to see that episode. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, Seemingly a, a really tough road ahead for Mercedes if they want to win this championship, right, Harry? I mean, it's gonna with a thir- I mean for for Hamilton with a thirty-two point deficit, that's that's difficult. I mean, he he's gonna have to win a lot of races with Verstappen in second to either overcome that, or uh, he's gonna have to have some some luck on his side with reliability, a DNF, etc. for Ma- for Max. But I I think. The the writing was kind of not necessarily on the wall last week because anything could have happened this race. But with the pace Max had last weekend, I think it was, and we spoke about this in a previous podcast. It was always likely that the pain was going to continue for Mercedes today, and it did even more so, unfortunately for them. Um, and it, I think that's just the way this this has fallen. The, the fact that Max and Rebel are so strong on this track, and they happen to have two races here. Um, I just really hurt Mercedes, but but you know you go back two races and Hamilton was only a lap away from winning the French GP, so I I, I don't want to call it over yet. Um, it's going to be difficult, and like I said, these two races have really hurt Mercedes in that sense, as as did Monaco and as did uh, Baku, to be honest. Although they didn't actually Hamilton and Verstappen didn't really lose anything there, but um, yeah, who knows what what could happen? I mean. Hamilton's always bloody quick at Silverstone, especially with some fans in the stands. I think that'll that'll help. Um, but that's not to say that Verstappen won't be there. But it's it's going to be a difficult one. But I don't want to call it over because I I think it, yeah, like I said, Hamilton wasn't far off winning the French GP. Although it is a bit shocking to say that they've not won a race since May. That's a bit bizarre. Yeah, 
Yeah, we're not used to uh, long streaks of Mercedes not winning, that's for sure. It's been a number of years since we've been able to say that. Um, I, I, I was going to say I'd like to see, but I think if I was Red Bull, I'd like to see another dominant performance at Silverstone before I am fully convinced by this. Because whilst it is definitely an impressive streak from them to this point, um, that, that winning streak that they've had, uh, we can't deny that France was close, as you said. That was... You know that was that was close. Monaco, Mercedes have never gone very well there, at least relatively speaking, with other tracks. So that's not a massive surprise. Uh, and then thirdly, you know, Baku could something different have happened if um, if Hamilton doesn't have that slow pit stop. Maybe. So I think these two races they've been very dominant from Red Bull's perspective, but they are at the moment at least anomalies. If we then see another dominant performance at a brand new racetrack, Mercedes have something to be worried about. And we know that there are something of conflicting views as to how much more they'll develop this car. I know Toto Wolff, as you say, has come out and said, you know, that's it for this year. But they are also bringing upgrades, so I'm not quite sure exactly who's who's telling the truth. That I, I don't ever listen to Mercedes because they'll, you know, do the opposite. That's, how, how, <laughs> you know, that's the Mercedes way of working. Um, but yeah, I... Max Verstappen was sensational again today and at this point 32 32 points if Max Verstappen has a terribly unlucky DNF bearing in mind he's already had one of those this season if he has another one of those he still leads the championship by an absolute minimum of six points and you know that's relying on Hamilton winning plus a fastest lap bonus point so I think at this point in the season it's either going to be it's either going to have to be Mercedes continually eating at that gap. And I think the Red Bull and Max Verstappen are far too good for that to happen now. In which case, I think there is going to have to be a DNF or maybe two in there for this to happen for them. Maybe, maybe it does work out. Who knows? Um, but it's it's going to be tough. It is going to be really tough for them. Um, and just to say, actually, whilst we're on Lewis Hamilton, I probably should have mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, but we had the news, of course, this weekend that Lewis Hamilton has signed a brand new deal with the team, meaning he's going to be there until the end of 2023. Um, we'll cover that more in our next podcast midweek, um, you know, when we've got a bit more time to cover that in depth, but before I just raise that one now. Um, looking back to second place, Valtteri Bottas was able to go one position higher than he did last weekend. So two podiums in a row for him. Sam, impressed by him? Not impressed? Somewhere in between? No, this oh, is going. No, I'm quite impressed. Um, the guy only got the position due to the damage on Hamilton's car, which is Hamilton's fault. He caused that damage himself. Um, you know, it wasn't like someone ran up to him and with a little hammer and knocked off the barge board or something. That was Hamilton's own doing. But Bottas wasn't challenging. Bottas wasn't close. Um, multiple times, Bottas fell back from Hamilton and Norris. You know, he couldn't keep up with Norris for the majority of it. And I think that should Hamilton have finished the race without any damage, Hamilton would have beat Norris and Bottas. But had Norris not been given the time penalty, I think there is every chance that Norris could have beaten Valtteri Bottas. Uh, and that tells me that Bottas hasn't done enough again. Um, Hamilton has an excuse. It's a terrible one. It's his own excuse. You know, it's his own cause excuse. But at least he has an excuse. Bottas, there on raw pace, realistically wasn't any faster than Norris and was falling away from Hamilton. Um, the guy needs to do everything he can to secure that seat. I think maybe he's relying entirely on Lewis Hamilton fighting his corner to keep him as the second driver so Russell can't challenge him. 
this not doing enough for me, and this has not, in my opinion, been a very good weekend for Valkyrie Bottas. Despite that second place, which I think was a bit lucky for him, I don't think he's done enough. So, by the sounds of it, nearly got driver of the day for you, Sam. Um, <laughs> ha- oh, Harry, nice. I don't know how you, you might be able to manage this, but can you be as complimentary as Sam? <laughs> Still no bodies. Um... It was a it was a fine race for for Bottas. Um, at the beginning, when he he when Hamilton was up behind uh, Norris and Bottas dropped back, and he came over the radio and said, "Just to confirm, I'm doing Plan A, which I think was I'm doing a one stop still. Yeah, right, guys." Um, and I was like, "Oh, okay, fine. Maybe this makes sense. Maybe they're putting Hamilton on a two stop, Bottas on a one. But without the damage." Hamilton was on a one-stop as well, and he was still a long way up the road. So I was like, well, then what was the point in... You were just behind, weren't you, then, Valtteri? So, yeah, that was a bit, dis- that was a bit disappointing. Um, I thought the exchange on the radio slash when he cruised up to the back of Hamilton when Hamilton had damage, and Bottas waiting there to overtake him, waiting for the instruction. I mean, that's is that the sign of a, a person who is worried that they're going to get replaced by George Russell and doesn't want to annoy anyone? I think it is um, because why didn't he just he was it was way he cruised up to the back of Hamilton because Hamilton obviously had that damage why didn't he just overtake him just get, just go Valtteri uh, anyway um, yeah I thought that was really interesting and they, and they did risk Norris getting past them both but um, yeah I, I agree with Sam I think without that penalty Norris could well have been in front of Bottas at the end because he was only about a second and a half back I think by the time I got to the to the checker flag so um, yeah I mean at least the result looks good but I don't think it was in a an amazing race and yeah he picked up the points that Mercedes needed I guess but um yeah not even he looked that particularly happy about it to be honest when they interviewed him after the race but sorry when Christian Clean interviewed him after the race what a, what a goat I mean what an absolute crew they had this weekend Christian Clean <laughs> and Ferdinand Habsburg I mean <laughs> absolute duo um Christian uh, uh, Christian Clearing up on aisle three, please. Bottas's tears. So, <laughs> sorry, but before we get to the end of the podcast, I know this is not on topic, but we have to reference the national anthem. Oh, oh it was amazing! <laughs> I'm surprised it's taken us this long to mention it. Goodness me! <laughs> I was raving. It was so good. Oh. I want a rock rendition of every national anthem for the rest of the season, please. Yeah, what rock band can we get for Silverstone? Queen? Yeah, sure. Okay, Queen. Adam Lambert? I would lower your expectations, Sam. (laughs) No, they're still going. They just don't have Freddie up front anymore, obviously. But they've got Adam Lambert there. They do a great job. (laughs) Yes. Or or the Queen. Fine. Queen with Adam Lambert. I mean, literally, can we have pizza? I mean, We've got pizza at home. That That is that territory. <laughs> it's not. It's good. Leave them alone. They're all right. <laughs> we could... I mean, it will spice up our national anthem for, for the Brits, you know? It'll, well, with the Euros, I hear it all the time. So, you well, know, exactly. give a break from it. Oh, In fear that we might get off topic here, because <laughs> we might be at risk of it, at L Breaking, let us know which band or artist should do the national anthem at Silverstone in two weeks' time. Really want to hear that. Um, Jeez. Valtteri Bossas. Oh, yeah. Him, yeah. Um, uh, First of all, positives. 
it's not going to be all that long. Positives, <laughs> it was better than last week. It was quite a bit better than last week as well. Um, I, I know he did drop back from Lewis Hamilton when they were behind Lando Norris, but I felt as if that was intentional. And I felt as if, because he dropped back quite a lot over a few laps, but then it kind of just stabilised. The gap didn't really change from there on out. So I was thinking, okay, Valtteri Bottas has got that sorted. What he's going to do is, as you've mentioned, Harry, either go on a two-stop strategy, and that's, you know, that's fine. Oh, sorry, he's going to go on a one-stop strategy, and Hamilton's going to be on a two-stop. Or he's going to, they're both on one-stops, but Bottas is going to go longer on this first stint. So he's figured, you know, Hamilton can put his effort into getting past Norris. I'm going to sit back here a few seconds back, just wait and see how it plays out, um, and then I'm going to strike when I've got fresher tyres than the rest of them. I thought that was how it was going to play out, but ultimately they kind of did exactly the same strategy. So I'm not really <laughs> sure why they did it. I Maybe the situation was somewhat changed as a result of Norris's penalty. Because once Norris got that penalty, the potential for an undercut was there. And it's very difficult to turn that down when the opportunity presents itself. So that might have altered it. But yeah, I, I think the second half of the race... I think Bottas did an okay job. He didn't he didn't accelerate away from Lando Norris, but at the same time, Lando Norris was on a good pace with Hamilton even before the damage. So, um, you know, I, I think he did he did all right. I think it was a it was a perfectly fine race for him. And like I said, it was better than last weekend. You have to say though, and I, I know Verstappen was dominant here, so it was always going to be a tough ask, but at a circuit he likes so much, maybe he could have done a bit more. I mean, he's going to be gutted about the Sochi news as well. I know. <laughs> I know. Has anyone told him yet? I hope no one's told him. He needs some motivation. Maybe that's why he's so, so sad all the time. I reckon Merck are telling him like they've actually got five races at Sochi later this season. Yeah. Oh, jeez, I don't on, even know why I said up. that. That's horrible. Oh, <laughs> God. Hell. I'm so, I'm so sorry, listeners. The describing hell. In the yeah, but on the basis of this year, Sochi's going to be an absolute delta. So I won't True. Yeah. True. True to form, it will be. Um, we'll move on to Lando Norris because we know Lando Norris claimed his third podium of the season after his podiums earlier in the year at Monaco and at Imola. It was very impressive. Took his first front row start, first McLaren front row start since 2012, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, very impressive from him. Question is, he's, he's actually gone over the 100-point mark already which is insane. Do you see him as... You might have seen him already in this life, but do you see him as a future world champion, Sam? Um, yeah, 100%. And I think that I look at Lando Norris. Now he's fully settled. I think he you know, he had those first couple of years where he came into the sport. And I, I think he impressed in those first couple of years, but he was still really finding his feet, you know, just making sure that he became a leader of that team, a real kind of, you know, home name of Formula 1, and he's done that. And now in his third year with McLaren, he is that team leader. He really has found his feet, and he is now going out of his way to show everyone else how good he really can be. For those that never watched the junior formulas, Lando has got one of the best junior records you will find anywhere across any of the greats that have gone through Formula 1. Lando is up there. Um... For me, I, I look at Lando very much how I look at the likes of Max Verstappen or Charles Leclerc or George Russell in the sense of it's not them. They are not the variable on whether they get a world championship or not. You give them one season with the right car that can get them to the very top and they will give you a world championship. Verstappen is doing it now. 
Charles Leclerc is more than capable if Ferrari get their act together. If Merck continue on the streak they're on, and maybe in the new era come back even stronger, and George Russell takes that seat, I believe fully that George Russell could be a world champion. And it's the same for Lando Norris. Can that McLaren ever be a top car again? If so, I think Norris will deliver you a championship of some kind. I think he's more than good enough, and he's got bags and bags of talent and potential to deliver that he's becoming very consistent very confident very mature for his age even with that penalty yeah yeah i don't care i'll get on with it and he did get on with it um for me the guy is a real star of the future and i think he will at least get one if not more championships i was just actually looking at the points table here and like i say lando norris has gone over the 100 point mark there's a 32 point gap between max verstappen and lewis hamilton there's actually only a 49 gap between Lewis Hamilton and Lando Norris like the the gap there really isn't that much in it um from first to second and then second back down to fourth uh based on what you've seen so far this season Harry including what he's presented today future world champ I mean yeah the 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 potential is absolutely there I think we uh, we are almost likely becoming numb to it this season about how well he's doing I mean if you look I know there are variables involved today with Hamilton and Perez we know what happened with Perez um but you look at it on on a piece of paper, he he beat a Merck and a Red Bull today to finish on the podium. And I think we're kind of almost becoming numb to it because it keeps happening now. So, yeah, I just think his... I, and I think it's more than... I mean, his one lap pace is becoming electric this year. Like Imola, and again, yesterday, was were insane. I know Imola didn't count, but it was still good. Um, and his, his pace over a race has always been good, I think, even when he first entered Formula 1. But now it's just r- ridiculous. So consistent, um, you know. Kept Hamilton behind for twenty laps or so. Um, yeah, I, the potential definitely there, and I, I, I think it's more than just his pace. I think it's how he is with the team. I think he's surrounded himself, or he's immersed himself in that that McLaren team so well. And I know he's been a junior driver for a long time, so he knows the team well. But you know, it's his team. I mean. How old is he? And he, he's basically the lead driver of a team that's third best in the championship. That's that's ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I, like Sam said, I think it's you give him the car. And Mc, I'm not saying McLaren are championship state, uh, you know, rivals yet, but at the progress they're making, who's to say that they couldn't be, especially with the new rules next year? So, yeah, I think there's definitely the potential to be there. He's just got to have the right car because he's driving... He's driving as almost as well as Max is this year, let's be honest. He's probably made a couple more mistakes, but he's up there on that same level, I think. Yeah, I what what performance he's put together this uh, performances, I should say, this season. He has been incredibly incredibly impressive and you know, I I'm really enjoying seeing him do well. And you might think, oh, that's because he's British and because I'm British. And actually, no, that's not the reason. The reason is I really enjoy being a smug git because I could see this happening. Um, I told you all, I told you all the beginning of this season, Lando Norris will make a massive leap this year and he's doing me proud. So that's probably encouragement for him, his sake to not do well anymore because, yeah. I mean, points and championships are one thing, but me being smug, that, that's the worst. Like, you can't Lando, please, please be worse. Don't do anything good for the rest of the year. We beg you. Please, Daniel. <laughs> Step up, uh, Daniel. Well, yeah, please, Daniel. 
until Valtteri Bottas wins a race, I'm still 50-50 on the right and wrong thing. So. <laughs> Come on, Bottas! Come on, but he's got to win one. Come on. He's never going to win again. I mean, we're, we're running out of chances here, Ben. It's two Austrian GPs are gone by and he's not we've won. Got, <laughs> we've got over 10 races left. Like, we've got plenty more opportunities. He's not going to win. Come on, man. Um, right, yeah, so... I think realistically Norris is a future world champion. I think he's in that group of talents where if you give him the right car and it's, you know, all the stars align, he will win a championship. That group of himself, Leclerc, Verstappen, Russell, Mazepin, like that group, they will be absolutely... Russell could do it. Don't, Don't you laugh at Russell. He could do it. Ben, don't push your joke limit too far, mate. Disrespect. Um, yeah. So I mean, you, you've you've got you've got that group. One of those didn't quite belong. That that have the opportunity. I think as long as as long as they have the car. And I think the absolute perfect thing would be for all of them to have a brilliant car at the same time. Um, and you know, arguably as well, you might want to also put um, Carlos Sainz in that mix as well. Um, I think and there's Pigazzle. and Pigazzo. Um Yeah. I mean, th- those two guys. I think you could probably put in that conversation gasly i'm i'm hopeful i'm i just want to see him back in a good car um just to see if the same thing happens as last time i don't think it would but until i've seen it i'm on the fence on that one but definitely those first four that i mentioned they are they are in this elite group that have the opportunity to win championships and it's about their teams and whether they can put together cars that that can then get them there um so yeah lando he is well embedded within the team, as you rightly say, Harry. So let's let's see what happens. Let's see where that car goes. How will it do when when the new regulations come in? Because they're on an upward trajectory. They just need to keep it up. Well, I think after what was a pretty crazy race, we'll uh, we'll leave that there. We'll of course be back midweek, and we'll go into depth about the Lewis Hamilton contract, what that might mean for the likes of George Russell and Valtteri Bottas. We're going to have to dash because um, F1 are apparently annoyed at us. We've been looking after their cyber security and apparently something's gone wrong. Um, so, foo! Foo! <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to look into that one. Um, but until next time, Sam, if you wouldn't mind getting us out of here. Oh, for foo's sake. Guess we've got to get out of here. Um, that was a, a up-and-down Austrian Grand Prix, much like the, the typography of the area. The landscape really does seem to flow. And maybe the championship will as well. Typography, by the way, for me, is a big word, folks. So enjoy that yeah, one. It might not come up again. That is a big one. Um, you know, it was eventful. We love the spiciness of the midfield. We love to know what you think about all the events that took place, especially about the penalties. Please get over to our break on Twitter. Get involved. We'd like to have more conversations with you. Of course, we are back midweek. More F1 discussions, silliness, and all sorts of rubbish. Um, join us, please. In the meantime, I've been Samuel Zane. I've been Ben Hocking. I've been Harry Eat. And remember, keep breaking late. Bye! Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.